Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have an awesome guest. I have my friend Efren, and we had a lovely chat about being a man and not growing up with, I would say, emotional intelligence or not learning how to be emotionally intelligent, as well as how that affected his relationships. And a few things about him. Number one, he's a very investigative person, right? So it's when he puts his mind to something, he really wants to learn about it and dive into it. So it really seemed like after multiple, I don't want to say failed, but multiple relationships that were not going his way, he decided to dive in and do some self-work and really learn about I mean, he was the common denominator, right? So it was just really interesting to get the male perspective on this. Also, he grew up with the Hispanic culture, and that is known to be very machismo, as he calls it, where, um, you know, the it's just very quote-unquote manly and kind of like, as he calls it, suck it up buttercup. So I just think it was interesting hearing how he had to navigate learning about emotions and being sensitive in relationship and learning how to self-reflect. Also, he's a manifesting generator, but I feel like a lot of the MGs I know work for themselves or they work odd jobs. And so I think this will be expansive for any MGs to hear him talk about what it's like in the corporate world and how he's really made it work for him and found a job that allows him to still be himself and do his MG thing. So I thought that was really cool. And then he also has, of course, all of his hobbies and interests on the side. He's learning how to fly planes. He does boxing. So awesome. Um, Another thing we talked about that really was cool is parenting because I'm not a parent but he's actually a single dad. And I think that perspective is just really interesting. And the way that he's handled it has been just really down to earth. And it was just so refreshing to hear him talk about what it's like being a parent. So you're in for a treat. It's just a chill conversation. You know, we hung out on my office and just really got to know each other and um, just had some real ass conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm trying to put these out every week, hopefully Fridays. As you can see, it's a different day today, but that's okay. Um, And I'm still looking for people that want to come on the podcast. So if you have a journey story, a self-discovery story, anything that you would like to talk about, I think in this time, in this day and age, and what's going on in the world, we really need some positivity and some some realness, you know, not not necessarily just positivity because we're not all feeling very positive right now, but just hearing some triumph over tragedy and learning how other people have navigated tough waters, I think is just really important and just keeping things authentic. So you'd like to come on the podcast i'd love to have you you don't have to live in arizona we can do a zoom call so just throwing that out there all right here is my friend efren okay so where are you from and what's your cultural background so i am born here in arizona born in phoenix but i grew up in the west valley which was very agricultural Mm. um my family is hispanic so i had a very hispanic upbringing um so that's very to people that aren't aware of that. So my dad was in the military, Mexico and in the US, and he was always been like a very hard-nosed man. Yeah. And you know, very much his way or the highway, so very machismo. So growing up with him and being the only male up to like 17 cuz then they had another child, my brother, my small brother, my younger brother, excuse me. Um So you have a brother that's 17 years younger than you? Yes. Wow. I know. He was the uh he was the special kid. Not the, not the mistake, he was the special one. But yeah, so growing up with that as my, you know, male figure in my life was very complicated because there wasn't a time as a adolescent or even as a young child to where you could show expression of emotion, right? Mm-hmm. It was suck it up buttercup kind of thing, but yeah. and I'm much more 
fierce tone for my father. Um, and so it was very, you know, showing emotion was not common. And even into my late 20s, probably. Really? So in the last maybe five years is when I've actually come into myself as far as like being able to understand myself on an emotional level and know what I'm feeling. I mean, there was always like that common stuff, like knowing if I was depressed or sad or, you know, happy, you know, whatever the case, I, I understood those emotions, but I never knew the backgrounds of what it was and how it affected me and how I made decisions in my life because of them. So yeah, growing up with a Hispanic side of the family that's very machismo was very difficult for me as a young kid, but I never saw it as a difficulty as a, as a kid. I just saw the effects of it as I grew up. So once I became an adult and had relationships with people, you know, whether they're friendships or, you know, girlfriends or anything like that, that's where I started realizing that, hey, like I should really probably understand why I think this way or how I react to these things and why I feel these ways, this way about stuff. Uh, so that was the, the biggest thing with me as growing up with, with a Hispanic father that's very macho. Yeah. So as a kid, that's interesting that you didn't I mean I guess we don't we don't know what we don't know right so you just didn't realize that it was going to affect you or that there Mm. was anything wrong with not expressing emotion or getting in touch with your emotions yeah it was it was weird because you know like you know you have that experience of you know if you had a bad day at school or anything like that or you were just feeling a certain way for whatever reason you know you don't have the ability to express it out verbally, you know, to to your father. Um, your mother will listen to you, but eventually mom, you know, you don't talk to your mom about certain things as a male. Right. And I'm sure as vice versa, if you're a female, there's certain things you don't talk to to your father. Um, but so, yeah, growing up, like there was very minimal um, experience of who to talk to about it because... You know, you could talk to your friends about some of the stuff too, but some of it's personal. So mm-hmm. even then you don't open up. Uh, so a lot of it ends up being just kind of an enclosed thing. So you just become a vessel of emotions. Yeah. And, you know, they eventually become a, a good thing or a bad thing. Unfortunately, the bad things is like when things bubble over and you like kind of blow your top on stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of the downside of it. Um, because like you mentioned, as, as you're a kid, you don't know what you don't know. But it's definitely one of those scenarios where you're experiencing it and you just don't know how to how to address it you just kind of like put it off or you just hold it in and now that i've gone into kind of navigated some of it thanks to you and then uh my undergrad in psychology kind of made me more in tune with who i was so i kind of did like self-diagnose thing right Mm -hmm. and i i kind of realized what kind of personality i was on the psychology aspect of it and then you know, that kind of itself helped me start navigating through some of it. And then when you introduced me to more of this, then that was even more of an eye opener. Cause then it was like, okay, so the, the crazy thoughts I had of me being <laughs> who I was or thinking the way I was kind of fortified it. Mm-hmm. And then it gave me more understanding of it beyond just the, you know, textbook explanation of it. Because psychology is very different, I think, in general um, on how some of it's, you know, diagnosed or how it's, some of it's even interpreted. Uh, but with having now <laughs> understanding both both aspects of it, I'm like, oh, this is actually I'm not crazy then. Like, yeah, it, like this is normal. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah. What but, What did you find out about yourself through psychology specifically? Like, what was the first kind of realization you had about yourself? Man, that's a <laughs> difficult one. So I think the biggest thing was, um, you know, kind of, kind of just trying to realize of why I acted the way I did with certain stuff, like how I made my decisions in life. Um, I started realizing I was very, I like to be kind of goal oriented and do things in tasks, right? So I had, you know, A to B, B to C, C to D. Mm-hmm. So I was very, um, I was very, you know, task oriented essentially. So I was always, I always liked having stuff scheduled. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I've realized like in, in a relationship while I was going through this process was, you know, if I had to be somewhere, like, let's say for a family function, whether it was my family or hers, and I had to be there by 11 o'clock, and I said, I'll be here at this time so we can go. And if that didn't happen, if that time wasn't correct, which it never is with a female, <laughs> you know, then I would get upset. Now, it's not something that I would, like, blow up about with her in the car. Yeah. But 
I would like in my head like think now I have to rush now I have to drive faster now when we get there it's gonna be like awkward like little things like that so I was like very like this has to happen this way mm. now that I've kind of like that's not <laughs> clearly healthy mm -hmm. um, I've started to kind of like let go of stuff more okay. and like just let things kind of flow um, just like you experienced a moment ago with my conference call with <laughs> but it's kind of how it works out right like yeah you know I had a very monotonous way, monotonous way of just thinking about it consistently. And I think that was because of my dad, right? Yeah. So dad was like, bed's got to be done by this time. It has to look like this. And we're going to go do this. And we're going to church at this time. And we're going to lunch at this time. Like everything was on a schedule, right? So I grew up having that same mentality. And if things didn't go my way, quote mm -hmm. unquote, then I would get upset. Now, did it ever affect anything like those family functions or parties or anything like that? No, never did. Right. You know, if I was late 10, 15, 30 minutes, it never bothered anybody. But internally with myself, I'd be like, seriously? <laughs> like, I'd be upset about it. Yeah. So it was one of those situations. But that was the biggest piece is I found out that my mentality of, of how I did things was very... Um, very regimented. Exactly. And it was not good. Does it does it feel better for you to allow a little bit of that flow into your life or does it actually feel better for you to be regimented? Like just like personally. I think for certain things, mm -hmm. it's good. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what I've kind of gone through is where can I be that way where it's not going to affect people around me? Yeah. It's just myself. So for that, it's things like school. So I'm in my master's program. So I have to have a certain GPA. I have to be in class by time, you know, like things like that. So when it comes to my, like my education, that's where I am. Mm -hmm. um, other things like, you know, as far as my day-to-day -day activities, like anything with my child or if I'm going out to have fun, I actually don't do any of that. Like if somebody tells me like be here at a certain time, like, okay, I'll be there. Like eventually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes I'm not there on time. I'll get myself there. And it's fine. Cause like, if I know if I show up like 10 minutes late, like people are like, there, nobody's going to complain about it. Right. But like when it comes to certain things, like with work, or education, I tend to still be that way because I do like to be organized and scheduled on that stuff. Okay. Especially with work because a lot of things with work are, are on the dot, right? Like if I have a schedule at this time for a meeting for that, and that's that. Yeah. But on a day-to-day -day activities, no, forget it. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a regimen. Like I want to do this by this time, and if it works out, it works out. It sounds like you have a nice balance. Trying to. So yeah. It's it's not easy because it's still kind of like an ongoing. Yeah, it really um, is. You know, trying to get adjusted to that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like? So I know we've talked a little bit about your human design, about being a manifesting generator. Mm -hmm. And most of the mangens that I know are self-employed or they work like seven different jobs. Yeah. But you're the first star I've met where I'm getting, getting to know you and you work a corporate job and you kind of do the whole that whole thing. So yeah. what's it like having the energy that you have and being in that schedule? So the the beauty of my job, and it's it's always been interactive with people, mm -hmm. right? Even though it's a corporate level job where, you know, I have reports I got to do and meetings and conference calls, driving from one side of the valley to the other for, you know, branches that I have, you know, that is that. But like the interactions I have in person with either the members in my branch or my clients, that still is what allows me to still be kind of myself. Okay. And people find that, you know, I'll give you an example. I just came from a Goodyear, I mean, like my Gilbert branch I have. And there's been two people that trained that office, myself and another gentleman of mine that works with me. And she's like, I like you the best. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because you're just you mm -hmm. she's like you're real like don't feel like you're being fake mm. and i'm like okay i was like I've, and I've heard it unfortunately before but i think it allows me to still be who i am and and portray that to my my people mm -hmm. right and then provide them what they need in general so i do like the ability to have me in my freedom so i don't have a technically nine to five job i have a schedule per salary but my job is not nine to five. Okay. Right. Cool. So I wake up at six in the morning and sometimes I'm even home until like 7 p.m. Because I'm either um, in a branch with somebody or I'm helping their client out at their home mm -hmm. or I'm spending time with a member that one of the one of the representatives at the branch that needs assistance with something. Okay. So it allows me the freedom to still be kind of myself and schedule my stuff on my own. Um, so I still have a lot of freedom, which 
is why the entrepreneur people kind of like their stuff too like that. Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of get, I got a good balance of the corporate portion where like I'm held accountable for my actions at work and the results of my branches and then um, being able to still do what I want to do essentially. Like if I need to take a day off on a Friday, like yeah. I am for the rest of the day now, Yeah. then I can't. So I think that's, the job is just like perfect for me right now. Great. So. I love to hear that. Just just to give people like a different perspective of like yeah. you can still be happy in your energy type and working in a corporate yeah. thing. You just have to find the right job and that's right. the right fit for you. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't wake up every day dreading having to go to work. Yeah. I mean, I, I there was a time and place maybe like a year ago where I did. But there was a lot of corporate changes that were going on before I was in this role. Mm. So there was that portion of it. So that does happen. And I think just being able to be in tune with who you are and knowing what you like to do will lead you to the right path in your career. Yeah. Again, like whether it's being an entrepreneur or being in a corporate setting, because, you know, for the corporate level that I work at, the corporation size that's been around for a long time, over 100 years, I mean, it's 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 available for you, right? Yeah. You just have to find the right role that will allow you to do what you can with your skill set and still be happy as an individual. Totally. So I like to have that balance. Like you said earlier, like it sounds like I have a good balance. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to make sure I keep it there. But it's been, an, it's it's just a learning process for me right now. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So the not self theme for being a manifesting generator is a feeling of frustration. Mm -hmm. Can you think of times in your life where you've felt that? And it's, it's not necessarily like an emotion, right? It's kind of just this thing that colors everything. Yeah. So it's like this underlying feeling of frustration all the time. Like, mm -hmm. is that... Is that a good cue for you to know something needs to change or something needs to shift or? So here's the funny part. My body gives me a cue. Oh, what's that? So this started back when I was at another corporation and I was I was unhappy because there was things that were changing and my job role was, it was the same job role, but things were changing within it. And so the funny part is when I know when I get to that level, what you're talking about, like just getting stressed out about something, being frustrated about something, I literally get an eye twitch. <laughs> I so love my, that. If my eye, my eye twitches on the right side. I know it's time to do something different, yeah. whether it's go on vacation, take time off, walk away from whatever the situation is. So that is my body's cue. I literally will have a twitch in my eye and I know it always comes back to me being stressed or, you know, frustrated about something. Um, but that's when it really gets to me. For the most part, I try not to get frustrated and try to have an open mind about things, especially with change. Mm -hmm. Uh in the career world, for example, but you know, once I get to a certain level where I'm like unhappy and I'm just like not having fun anymore, the eye twitch comes. Uh, so that's like my cue to like go to the beach, go relax, recharge, or whatever it is, go to Disneyland. <laughs> that's when I know I'm at that level is the, is the eye twitch. <laughs> I love that your body gives you a cue like that. Our bodies are giving us so much information yeah. all the time. It's Absolutely. crazy. Yeah, and it's just like little things like that. I mean. Yeah, you can come home, you can be frustrated, you can have a headache, you know, that kind of stuff. And you can try to navigate the waters through that piece of it um, and then try to, you know, reset yourself for the following day and to do it all over again, for example. Uh, but I, I I have a threshold where I'm just like, it's exhausting at that point is when I have an eye twitch, like mm -hmm. where I'm just like, I can't do this no more, which is what led me to my career change. And here <laughs> I am. And now I'm happy. There it and is. I haven't had an eye twitch in like a long time. <laughs> Knock on wood, but... You know, overall, it's it's been an interesting um, experience going through not only learning about psychology, but learning about, you know, human design and then trying to incorporate everything into, you know, your life beyond just your relationships with people. I mean, yeah. It goes even to your, your job and what you even how you meet and how you interact with people, even if you never interact with them again. You know, like even if you interact with them one, one way that like you can understand that person and yourself a little bit better. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. So what's something that you've learned about interacting with other people? That I can for the most part with just about anybody. Yeah. So I am very conservative to an extent, not into the politics portion, but just in general. Um, but I can literally talk with people that, and in my job has allowed me to do this. So I can literally talk to people that are millionaires that live on the side of Camelback Mountain and make a lot of money and have a certain way of life. And I could talk to literally people that are, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And everybody comes from different walks in, in their life, whether it's career, religion, and who they are as an individual. I think it's always important to try to find some kind of common ground on something, yeah. right? So 
it goes for any interaction that you have with anybody. You can find common ground on something and you can go from there and you can really find out who this person is and if they're worth your time, right? Because yeah. everybody's time is important, not only just because of day-to-day activities, but just energy that you're putting out to have a friendship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's text messages, calls, you know, interactions on social media, anything like that. As long as you can find common ground and always find something that they can bring to the table on both sides that you guys are, you know, they're providing you something, you're providing something to them. It's a healthy relationship or friendship. So I always have found that if I can find common ground with somebody, I can have a good friendship with somebody. And that's the biggest piece is like just being able to understand people and how they talk to you, what they say, their mannerisms. Um, A lot of that, once you really start queuing on those things, like, with a mix of both of these ideologies of psychology and, and human design, then you can like really just like go to town and talk to strangers all the time if you want to. Yeah. But it's not common for me to do so. But if I wanted to, I can. I've met really interesting people that way. Whether it's me out having dinner somewhere, or me out having a drink somewhere uh, at a coffee shop, you know, and and not even that, even different age groups. I mean, I've I've talked to people that are way older than I am, like, you know, and people that are even younger than I am, like in teenagers and kids, obviously, and stuff like that. But it's interesting just to, you know, be able to understand yourself so you can kind of like, if you hear something from them that you might say that it's going to, you know, you know, not bode well with them, then you mm-hmm. can be like, okay, maybe I'm not going to talk about this, you know, because of, you know, they're going to probably be upset about it or this or that. Yeah, just kind of um, picking up on cues that they're giving you. Yeah, and... absolutely. I think it's, and and not until you understand yourself mm-hmm. and how you react and how you talk and how you portray yourself to people, I don't think you could pick that up necessarily very easily from other people. Right, yeah. So this... knowing yourself is extremely important on that piece too. Yeah, I feel like the self-discovery process is really important for that. Um, What have you learned from relationships? I know you and I talked a little bit about how your relation, your last relationship is kind of what spurred you into learning about yourself on a deeper level and growing. So tell me about that. Uh, Where do we start? Do we have enough time? (laughs) No. Um, I mean, the main thing with that was myself as an individual um i like to provide help right and i don't know what it is um it doesn't mean that i i'm out there like you know building you know homes for the homeless or anything like that but on a a personal level if somebody's going through something difficult i like to always try to fix something Mm -hmm. right and it might be just because it's the male piece of me that we want to fix things and that's why we never understand anything about women but (laughs) <laughs> well that's masculine energy at its it finest is. it's it just is. like how can i help how can yes. i fix yeah and so that was always something that i had very common with my that I, it was a very common trend i had in my relationships was always trying to do that opposed to just stopping and listening right um so if i couldn't find a way of of fixing something that i thought could be fixable opposed to just listening like it always it always ended up as something bigger right so there was always some kind of argument about it because I wasn't listening or to me it was something so minuscule that was like to me would be something that I wouldn't be stressed about and I would like portray that to her and then she'd get upset about it because to her maybe it was a big deal right so I think those two things were always a big common thing between me and her and in other relationships in the past for that matter Uh, but the other thing was you know was finding like with her when all that kind of went down when you know when we broke up i felt like it was something that i was doing right Mm. it was my fault for this or that and then she had her own you know issues herself and i'm not going to get into any detail on that but she did and i felt like it was my fault right Mm. but at the end of the day when i really stopped and talked to you about it you know and you gave me a lot of feedback about what i was feeling how i felt about it you know i came back away from it saying you know, like I can't control some of these issues that she's got going on and how she's thinking about it. And so, you know, you providing me information on how to like kind of letting that go and to make it better for myself was super beneficial because ever since then it's been like fine. And even when you were telling me like, you might hear from them and like not even an hour later as we're still talking about it, it happened. That's um, how energy works. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it was funny cause I was talking to her about it for a very short period of time, but I was telling her, I was like, yeah, like we were talking about you, like here's what <laughs> happened. And, you know, so we're at that level where we're still friends and we can talk to each other about stuff. 
and kind of pick off where we left off as far as friendship is concerned. We've gone our own way about, you know, as far as relationships and everything like that's concerned. So that's not, that doesn't play into how we interact anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's very good to still have that kind of energy between each other where if she's having a rough day, she can reach out to me and I can listen to her now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if I, if she asks me for help now, I can provide her my insight. So it's so good. Very communicative is, you know, what we figured out. But because again, like if, if it was like old me, like I'd have been like, whatever, she's crazy and like leaving it alone. Oh no, not the C word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the now, biggest trigger for women. Oh, Don't I know. call me crazy. I know, I know. Really, I, I've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> but that's why, like I said, it's very important to be able to understand yourself and then kind of where they come from as well. Yeah. Uh, because if it wasn't for that, I definitely wouldn't have been able to still be, have a friendship with her now. Yeah. Because if I would have just, throwing it off as that that's where it would have stayed at and my form of thinking and how i reacted to things would be the same and it would be like a continuous issue right like and, and like i said it had happened in the past so it was a trend where like two three girlfriends in a row it was like something like that would happen and that's why it would end in a weird way but you know it's it's kind of that scenario now where i'm like i understand what i can do as an individual and how i can provide help even if it's not me physically doing something or saying something mm -hmm. that even just like listening to her is helping her right yeah so that's now, a divine masculine energy yeah that's really what it is and it's 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 something that you don't can do you can't do it easily it took me a long time you yeah know, like and if I, it's something i continue to try to practice to do it because i mean i'll still hear people from from people whether they're male or female and they're telling me about something you know having a bad day or whatever the case is now i just kind of like okay and then I'll ask them, like, do you want me to provide you what I would do? Oh, that's so good. And if they tell me yes, then I will. Yeah. And I tell them it's not something that you have to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is just what I would do if I was in your scenario. And sometimes they listen to me and sometimes they don't. And that's fine, you know, because they, you know, they go about their process of how they're coping with what they're going through. And if it helps them out because I told them a certain thing or if I just listen to them, then I'm happy. Yeah. Because I, I, I like feeling that. And I think that's why what I do in my, even in my job now, like I get that now. So that mm -hmm. just, it continues to kind of feed me that I'm doing something positive in somebody's life. Whether that. it's at a personal level, whether at a much grander level. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was the experience like? Uh, I mean, just for context for everyone, um, Efren and I met each other at my studio and then we became friends over Instagram and we were just chatting one day over Messenger and I got the intuitive download or hit, whatever you want to call it, that I needed to ask him if he wanted me to assess him and kind of see what was going on with his energy. And he was like, uh, okay, you know, I think maybe you're a little sketched out at first, but uh, that's just kind of how I operate is so much off intuition. So um, then we worked through some stuff that I was picking up and I know it was probably very different for you based on everything else that you've been through with psychology and stuff, because working with an intuitive is like I said, it's completely based off intuition. So yeah. it's, it's, and it's energy too, right? Um, psychologists don't typically, I mean, traditional psychology, they don't typically talk about your chakras about energy and stuff not like that. So no, that's not a thing. <laughs> so what was that like first initial experience with it like for you? And this is over distance, you know, right. this isn't even in right. person. So, I mean, I had met you like once in yeah. person yeah. and we, I was doing Pilates, so <laughs> I was not having fun. <laughs> If you have you never done so it, much fun, you know, depending <laughs> on your body type, you might be able to do it either than I did. But anyways, so that was the only experience I had with you up to that extent. And then obviously, like I mentioned, obviously on Instagram too as well. But it was really a eye-opening experience. So I've never had an experience like that, number one. Number two, even though I'm open-minded, I've like, you know, there's things that you believe in and there's things you don't, right? Mm -hmm. And until you experience them, you can't really say if you do or not. So I know like things like this existed, but I've never gone through it because I've number one, never known anybody. And I'm not going to like Google review somebody about it because, <laughs> you know, how often is that always accurate for that matter? Right. However, knowing that I had met you once and that you also work with um, Stephanie, who I'm good friends with, then it made it that much easier mm -hmm. because I definitely wouldn't have opened up to as much as I did. Yeah. Um, but I think just the sheer experience of how mind blowing it was, <laughs> was, was fun. Um, so, 
you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, it, it kind of reinforced what I already thought about and how mm -hmm. I felt yeah. and what I understood about myself. And it gave me even more insight to why I was the way I was. Because you could take things and you could take them on to a certain level and then until you get even deeper into it like you can, then you don't really fully understand it. So it gave me a whole 360 of myself. Yeah. Uh, but the initial piece of it was, what are you talking about? <laughs> and you want me to tell you what? So it was it was definitely a little bit, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was daunting to like consider doing it, you know, like talking about openly like that. Mm -hmm. But I also knew it was, you know, it's it was, you know, how would you call it? Um, I wasn't providing you any details and necessarily just like the, the the facts of it. Yeah. So I didn't feel too awkward about it. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely mind blowing because then, you know, having some understanding of myself was like, okay, she's not just saying this, right? Yeah. Like it's not somebody just, you know, reading my palm at the Vegas Strip or something. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I, I, I understood that what you were, you were coming from was you were educated on it and you believe in it very much mm -hmm. and you were extremely you know, like excited through the whole process of it mm -hmm. and, and supporting through it, which made it even easier. Yeah. So, you know, having a little bit of background and understanding myself already and some of the psychology piece and what you were bringing into it made it easier to actually not only just listen to you, but also put it into, you know, into context of my life and how I go about things now. So definitely though was mind blowing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not telling you any of this. But then I was like, for whatever reason, I was like, maybe I should, you know, let me be a little open-minded here on this. Um, so yeah, like I told you earlier, I was a little conservative about stuff, but in general, I can still be open-minded and I was definitely to you and mm -hmm. I don't regret it one bit. Oh, good. <laughs> what do you remember the experience you had within your body, like on a visceral level? So when you told me to like find my energy when I was feeling the way I was, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty strong. It was a pretty strong feeling of like, kind of like relief and happiness at the same time. Yeah. Um, and a little bit emotional, like literally there was a little bit of crocodile tear going on, <laughs> um, because I was happy, Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, you had provided me something that I didn't know how to really cope with. And a lot of it, even though, even though I think I knew who I was and I, how I reacted to stuff, you made it to a point where I knew what was going on. And I didn't know how to decipher it. And what you provided me, I was able to decipher it and then put it to rest. Yep. And that putting it to rest was the emotional piece, yeah. right? Because there was some, I was still holding on to like feeling bad about what had happened because it was a very serious relationship. And like I had felt like I had failed at it. Mm. And it was my fault. Yeah. Which in reality, there was probably 50-50 in there, probably 60-40, whatever you want to split it as. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, because it was, it wasn't all my fault. Yeah. And when you were able to provide me insight to how to kind of break that down, mm -hmm. it was like just a relief. Like there was literally relief on my chest. Like I just felt like, ah. Aww. So it was good because there was also stuff going on with work all at the same time. So I was like, this is yeah, great. Of like, course. I feel even better now. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was really good. Like I, I felt happiness inside and it was a strong happiness that I probably hadn't felt in a long time, to be oh, honest. Yeah. And then the relief piece was like, you know, when they, when people tell you like, I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like I literally did. Yeah. And being a powerlifter, I could tell you what it feels like to have weight <laughs> on your shoulders. Um, but no, it was like literal. Like it felt like everything felt just way better right after, and it continues being that up to now. So that's awesome. I have no complaints. I appreciate it. That's when shit lasts. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, that's so cool. Until the next time, then I'll be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this way. Tell me how to do this. What's going on here? Yeah. No, but I mean, in general, I think you've prepared me even more than what I had been. Mm -hmm. You know, again, like you can only learn so much on a textbook or if you do your own research about certain things on the Internet. But, you know, you can only learn so much until you actually go through what I went with you at a at a at the level that we did. It was, you know, an eye opener and a completely different experience. And. I probably won't have that experience ever again yeah. until something comes up. <laughs> so, and then if it does, and I'll be like, you know, talking to you about it, obviously. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, it seems like 
Well, the cool thing about what what's different that I what I do is I communicate with your subconscious. So yeah. I really like to make that clear to people that you actually healed yourself because you were the one that gave me the information. Right. But from a conscious standpoint, you didn't. But yeah. fr- from an energetic standpoint, that's what was going on. Is I was like basically checking in with your subconscious and be like, hey, what's going on with him right now? Yeah. <laughs> your subconscious is like, oh, this is what's happening. So that's why it resonated so powerfully and why it felt like it was like right at the top was because, you know, typically when you go see a therapist, maybe you don't really have anything going on right now or right. you don't know where to start, but I am able to pull that out of you, which is, which I mean, if you are with a very intuitive therapist, they're going to do the same thing. I agree. But it's, it's, that's, I guess I would say that's the biggest difference. And, 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 and the reason I think that you, and I, I think I mentioned to you when we were talking that evening was, um, you know, I hadn't talked to her in a long time mm-hmm. and I was happened to have been thinking about her and she happened to message me about two days before you had talked to me. So there was there was kind of an opening of the wound again, essentially yeah. what would happen. And then, you know, so some of those, you know, kind of feelings that came back and, um, you know, because I, I had thought I was gone and past that situation. And then when we hadn't talked for a long time, which is, you know, normal, it's fine. But when we started talking about it, we had something that came up and somehow something came up about their actual relation back in the past when she had brought it up. And then, you know, that's why it came back into my subconscious. Like I was thinking about it mm-hmm. and I thought about it that same evening when we had talked, me and her, and it, and it stayed with me. And yeah. so when you, for somehow for you to pick that up <laughs> via via the way you did, you know, after a couple of days, which was, again, still on my mind, yeah. it is again mind-blowing because that's not to me that's not normal (laughs) (laughs) well remember things are very you know certain way for me but i know that it's there's much more to life than just you know a b c right so is it like a little bit of an awakening for you to realize like there's so many different ways we can figure out information and communicate and things aren't necessarily what we perceive with our five senses i would say it is by all means because you know we are all navigating life one way or another. We all have our own issues, whether there are good things, bad things going on in our life. And you are left to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You have to fend for yourself to figure out what's going on with yourself and how to navigate that. And the more tools that you have at your disposal to do so mm-hmm. is what makes your you know quality of your life even better. Yeah. So to find something additional from the typical... Uh, things I learned in school and from you know research on papers and writing papers and all that good stuff like having additional tools at my disposal like to just reach out to you for example um, or to learn more from what we had as a conversation piece to kind of give me more insight you to to give me more options on how to deal with it it's better yeah. uh, because there's definitely more than just the right way or the wrong way 100%, um, yeah. there's there's you know there's they're not black and white there's that gray area is what i call it right so and i like living that gray area like yeah. there's like that's there's fun to it because you can have more experiences and you can have more of an opportunity of learning things about yourself yeah so, yeah no it's definitely a good thing to have that tell me about your passions <laughs> Cause I know you're, you're an MG, so you've got quite a few different things that you're dipping your toe into. I like to do the, like a lot of different things. Yeah. To be honest. Um, if I find interest in anything, I want to try it. Uh, I may hate it, <laughs> but that's, but I try it. You know, you get your lesson out of it and then yeah. you're on your merry way. So, I mean, uh, my undergrad was one thing. Uh, my career path was another. I never put that into any kind of context on my actual degree to now where I went back for my master's. I'm like, you know what? I like some of the corporate world. I want to understand more of it and eventually grow in it, right? So when I went back for my master's degree, which I'm still doing now, I went for my MBA. Like, nice. like you know what? I want to learn more about business. Like I had a, a, a big understanding of it, but I wanted it more. Um, and then as a child, like growing up in the West Valley, Luke Air Force Base is out there. So I like always would see the jets pass by mm-hmm. and like, you know, you're a kid. You're like, I want to be a fighter pilot, you know, but I'm number one, too short and number two, too blind to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've always had an interest in aviation. Uh, so now I do my pilot classes for that, too. 
And so, so cool. you know, I have my kid and he's got his interests. So now I kind of partake in some of them. He does Taekwondo, for example. Oh, nice. I did that for a very short time with him and I realized I'm not flexible and I was not trying to hurt myself. <laughs> uh, but I did that, you know, like it was an experience for him because I was on the mat with him at the same time that he was as a beginner yeah. because now he's intermediate slash advanced. I'm, I can't keep up with him if I tried. But like it was a fun experience doing that and then learning something different because you know, like I've done boxing as a teenager because uh, I've always, I wasn't a troublemaker where I got into fights, but I wanted to defend myself. So like I tried boxing for a few years and then when I was doing working, like working out, like I did different like sports in high school, like I did, you know, football, I did basketball, wasn't like that basketball, football I was good at. But then like even in the gym, like I tried different things. Like I want to have a body type like this now and I want to have a body type like that now. So like I always try to f find something where if I find something that's interesting, I'll go and I'll do it. And then if it, whether it doesn't matter if it's a diet, it doesn't matter what it is, to be mm. honest. I just try it. Yeah. And then sometimes they're good experiences, sometimes they're bad experiences. Keto, not fine. Not, no. So <laughs> never would do that again. Powerlifting, fun. So yes. I do powerlifting. Um, Pilates, fun. Painful, <laughs> For me, yes, because I'm not used to those little like muscles activating. Yeah. Uh, but like, will I do it again? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think just having the ability to um, know that I'm not like you know, trying to find like a hundred different hobbies mm -hmm. is is a benefit because I just like trying new things. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm a little opposed to doing it because maybe it's scary, like the whole flight thing. You know, it's one thing to like jump on a big airliner and be like, whatever, you're fine. Somebody else is in control. You're, you know, mm -hmm. big plane. Another thing that would be like, okay, I'm jumping as a little small Cessna plane with one engine. And if something happens and who knows. Yeah. But then when you actually go out there and you experience it and you like start figuring out things of, you know, like if you have an engine failure, like how to go through the process of that. And wow. Learning different things and finding out that the plane doesn't just fall out of the sky. Number one is the biggest thing. But like, it's just kind of cool. Like just find out like what's what's the fearful piece of it and getting over that fear and just trying it. So yeah, well, being an MG, you get like a we call it your sacral response. So it's basically a gut response. Mm -hmm. So have you learned to differentiate between that gut response and um, like your mind trying to talk you out of something? Because the gut response is very much like a bodily thing. It's like this yeah. excitement where you're like, I just like you kind of perk up in your chair. It's just like yeah. I want to go do this thing. So I mean, I would imagine that flying a plane is scary to do the first time yeah. you're going to do it so i think so the the mind thing is always always going to be there it's going to yeah. be a roadblock especially something new people don't like change yeah right whether it's you know the type of shoes you wear the type of jeans you wear where you work out it doesn't matter people don't like change in general um but trying something new sh is should be kind of scary in general i think because it's new it doesn't matter yeah. I, you've never experienced this so you're not gonna it's know exhilarating yeah you're not gonna know how to deal with it but understanding that if you really want to go do it, you should go do it. So I've, I have been able to differentiate. That was one of the biggest pieces. Um, it didn't, it helped knowing that the trainer I was going to have was somebody I knew mm -hmm. uh, that I've known for a long time. Don't get me wrong. I still would have done it anyways, but um, it helped a little bit to kind of ease those nerves. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was like my kid had never been on a plane. That was the first time he was on a plane and his dad was piloting it. Wow. So like... It's like you have the subconscious thing, like, I need to take care of my child, you know? And who knows what can happen when you're in air? And should I really be taking my kid? So you do have those mental kind of, like, roadblocks about, you know, doing certain stuff. But at the end of the day, you have, like, one life to live. You might as well try the best at everything you can. Um, and having that feeling of, like, I really want to do this should still always overtake that thought process. Clearly, not if it's something illegal. Right, right. <laughs> well. But, but, so I'm not, I'm not, not supporting that. Yeah. I'm on tape for that. But, I mean, just going out and experiencing life in general, whether it's a new restaurant, different cuisine, even religion. I yeah. mean, I was, I was raised as a Catholic, very Catholic. And then I changed to Christianity. And then my oh, mom was like, when I got baptized, my mom lost her mind. Oh, no. Um, but I was like, you know what? Like, I've gone to Catholic my you know church my whole life as yeah. a kid as an adolescent as even as an adult and it was never fulfilling to me and i didn't know what it was and i went and tried christianity and got more out of that and i got baptized on easter of all days too for that matter wow. uh, a few years back and i haven't looked back and yeah. it's it's fulfilling in that religious piece of me that you know my child's now going to, to 
you know, Sunday school and he enjoys it. That's like, awesome. you know, I didn't enjoy it as a kid. I can tell you that. And so I told my kid, I was like, are you lying to me about this? <laughs> He's like, no, I really do enjoy that. I'm like, okay, well then I'm doing something right. Yeah. You know, it's not just for myself. It's also for him. Uh, but yeah, no, like having an understanding of anything like that and just trying is, is fun. Yeah. You know, you get more out of your life than the regular nine to five job, waking up every day at the same time, coming home at the same time, dealing with the same problems. Like get out, try something new. That's what I tell people. Yes. It doesn't matter if it's by yourself mm-hmm. or with a group of friends. It's more fun with a group of friends, but sometimes even just doing it by yourself is fun because you get to take more time for yourself. Because number one, you're recharging yourself from your day-to-day activities, right? You're taking time for yourself. You're experiencing something new, whether it's a new city, uh, a new country, whatever it is that you're trying new, it's fun because you're, now you're experiencing it and you have now a new um, opportunity to learn about other cultures if you're traveling, for example. And just have that experience for yourself. If you're doing it with family, friends, are even better. Yeah. Because you can share that with everybody. But even if you have to do it by yourself, then do it. I mean, I've got a friend that he's never been on a vacation. I'm like, dude, oh what are you gosh. doing, man? Like, you've been growing, like you've been like working for ten years or nothing. Oh no. He's like, well, nobody ever wants to go do anything. I'm like, dude, just go. Like, yeah. buy a plane ticket, just go do it. Don't worry about it. You, you're an adult. You can figure <laughs> it out. You know. I was like, just make sure you don't get in trouble. And that's it. Go experience it. And he actually did do that like two months ago. He finally went it. out and he went to Miami. And I was like, good for you, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone to Miami as my first trip. But hey, you're <laughs> hey, having we're fun. All that's, all that matters. that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's awesome. Fun. So, yeah, no, I think it's important to just run with that gut feeling. Because if you, your body's telling you that you, you're urging for something to do new, mm-hmm. right? And again, maybe you end up not liking it, but hey, at least you experienced it and you now know for a fact that you don't like doing it. Right. Sushi for me. Nope. <laughs> not not for me. It. Can't do it. Oh, man. So. I love sushi. Yeah. Sorry. I can't have sushi with you. I'll be there for support, but that's it. <laughs> Some moral support while I that's eat my it. sushi? Yeah. All right. That's it. Unless that's they good. have rice. I'll have rice or something. <laughs> I love it. So what's the experience of being a parent? Like, I don't have any kids. I want kids, but... What's that experience been like for you? What have you learned about yourself? <laughs> it's easier with two people. <laughs> um, so I've been a single parent. Uh, I've had him since he was three and a half. He's okay. going to be 13 in August. Yeah. Uh, the experience. Uh, oh, my God. So growing up with my dad, I thought I knew how to grow, like raise a child to an extent, right? And so I was like, I was very much like him from the get-go uh, when, he was, when he was a toddler. Uh, but you can only be so like, you know, strict with a kid. Right. Uh, but when I realized I was being like my dad, that's when I knew how to shift gears and change who I was as a parent. Mm. Um, so for me, for example, I have to be, you know, dad and mom. Uh, it's very difficult to be the mom portion of it, mm. even to this day, because for, for a woman, a mom, it's a lot more easier for her to be, you know, affectionate, to be loving, to be, you know, just, just comforting. Right. And as a, as a dad, it's, difficult as a male um so for me it's been an ongoing process of learning how to be the softer side of myself Mm. than than anything else because i could be strict like anybody else um might as well give me a drill instructor you know hat if that's the case (laughs) but learning to detune myself from that to be soft and and listen to my my son is a lot more um i think involving Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis so there'll be days I'll literally just be like, hey, like, do you want to talk about anything? Like, he'll tell me yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. But if he tells me no, then I'll be like, I'm just going to listen as your friend. Because he oh, knows I'm dad. Yeah. Like, 99% of the time, I'm dad. Like, that's it. But if I tell him, I'm going to be your friend, and if you need to talk to me about anything, then, we'll, then talk to me. That's a really good tactic. And there's days that he still opens up, and there's days that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, I, when, and I told him, like, because sometimes I could tell. Like, I know my kid. I've known him around for so long. Like, I could tell with his little face or his demeanor if something's off. Yeah. And if he still doesn't open up even after that fact, it'd be like, if you need time to go think about it yourself, that's fine. And then come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll listen to you. And that's where we'll leave it at. So whatever it is that he struggles through, I have to struggle through with him. Yeah. It's it's a great experience. I mean, I it's been the best experience. And it's been the one that's been... In my life, that's literally the reason I went to get my undergrad in the first place. Why I've continued to my master's, will continue to my doctorate, and then now to do like the pilot thing, and then in the career portion of it, buying a house, like all these things that I've done in the last like 10, 15 years of my life overall, 
majority of it, if not all of it, is because of him. Mm. You know, from day one, from he was being born and this little bean of a kid, because he's tiny, he's he's been what's motivated me Aww. through everything. So regardless of how bad things get on my portion of it, I got to be dad and be like, okay. And only, only a couple of times I've broken down in front of him. And, he, and it's been because of something that he'll tell me, Aww. you know, so... I think that's good it's, for him to see you vulnerable, though, yeah. and see you having emotions. Yeah. Because, I mean, in your experience growing up, when you grow up with a father that doesn't emote at all and isn't, yeah. like, showing you that you can be soft, yeah. then it shuts off that part of you. So, it's it's so like, the, the first time I think that it really, like, hit me that I was, like, doing the right thing with my child was, um, so we, we bought the first house. It was in 2018. 2018 may of 18 and so i had graduated the year before that in april of 17 uh with my undergrad and he obviously had gone to my graduation it was all cool because i had like all my like scholarly stuff because i was a smart kid apparently in college <laughs> and so he was proud of me obviously clearly and he had told me that in the past and you know sometimes you un- unintentionally would just take something that somebody tells you whether it's your child or anybody else and you just you listen to it but you don't always react to it right and so there was one day that we were coming back uh, from his Taekwondo that when Hank was doing it with him. And we had just came back from Disneyland the, year, the, the week before that. And then he's like, Dad, we've done a lot of stuff like in the last year. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, think about it. I'm like, okay. And he, said, he starts shooting things out, right? So he's like, he graduated from college. He's like, he's like, we bought the house. He's like, I changed schools. You started doing Taekwondo. And we just came back from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, we're driving home. And this is like in the evening, like 7 in the evening, 8 o'clock and night. It was already dark. And then I was just like, this kid literally just like, like I got emotional. Like I got Aww. teary-eyed. I was like, you're right, kid. And I was like, I'm glad you can't really see this right now. But, <laughs> you know, but it was funny because that was the first time that I realized that like, you know, what I've been doing with this kid has been beneficial to him. And it's set an example for him more than yeah. anything else. Uh, which is like the college thing, right? So I don't need my MBA for what I do now in my career, but do I want to show as an example to him that that even though that we've gone through all these things, me and him, in the last nine years, thir- well, 13 for him in general, but nine between me and him, mm-hmm. um, almost together, just us, you know, that he can still overcome all those situations, whether they're financial situations um, or, or education, like you can still do all this stuff, I tell him. I'm like, it doesn't matter what you're at in your life, like you're going to be able to do better regardless of what the case is. Just make sure you always stay positive. Mm. So he had like a rough week, like two weeks ago at school. And he was like kind of upset at himself because he kind of reacted to something that he shouldn't have reacted the way he did. Thanks Taekwondo. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he was down on himself. And I was like, no, don't, don't feel that way. Like this is reset mode. Yeah. Like that's fine. You had a bad day. Now you got suspended whatever i'll deal with that on my own like it's i gotta figure your stuff out for daycare and stuff but like i told him i was like it's reset like reset yourself you know what you did how you did it you know why you reacted that way and you know how you did it now you know now you can think of a better way to if you ever have that that situation come up how to react to it differently i was like you go back to school next week just do better don't do the same thing you did and you'll be fine I was like, don't ever think that this is end all. I was like, you're like so young. I was Aww. like, believe me. I was like, look at me. Like, I'm still learning. I'm still in school when you're still in school. Like, we're doing homework together next to each other. Half yeah. The time. Um, That's so good to set that example for him. Yeah. But yeah, it's been the best experience completely. Like, And it's been, like I said, the motivational piece has been the biggest piece, but also what's also brought me to make myself a better person in general. Mm-hmm. Because some of those habits I had in the past or, or way of doing stuff as a parent or I would, excuse me, react to certain things a, a certain way were not healthy for him, yeah. right? So if I, if I didn't make myself better, then I wouldn't be a better parent for him. Mm-hmm. So it also motivated to make sure that, you know, I can I could be a better person in general. Um, and, I, and it's been like an ongoing process. Like literally people write books about parenting and all this stuff. I'm like, no, like that's going to maybe give you some navigation, but it's never going to give you like all the answers, right? Like until you're an actual parent um, with your own kid who has their own personality and their own way of being about stuff, then that's when you figure out how to be a parent. So I know who he is as a little person now, 
and that's changing little by little now that he's preteen. Um, but that will change. We'll just modify. When he becomes a teenager and he's a certain way, then I'll modify how I parent him and how we communicate. So it's an, always an ongoing shift, you know, from him being as a toddler to now to the next few years as, you know, as underage child. And I'm going to kick him out when he's 18. <laughs> Bye. Like, Go, kid. You're going Bye, to the military. Boy. You're going to college. One of two things. <laughs> but no, I told him, I was like, if you go to college and you can hang out at the house, just have a job. That's all I told him. I was like, oh, then I don't care. Like, just do what you got to do. Yeah. So I just told him it's my, my role in his life is to make sure that he's good on himself, that he can that he can make a life for himself. I love so it. That's I don't want to so be good. the thumb over the child. My yeah. mom was that. And that was bad. Well, because, you know, he's a different person, right? It's I know there's like nurture versus nature. And so I'm yeah. sure you see a lot of similarities between him and you just because that's the impact that our parents have on us, like yeah. the imprinting. But have you noticed some things that are very different about him? than you so even though i'm here talking with you openly and not an issue i don't always do that very easily okay my kid can do that he's got like a little aura about him i don't know what it is (laughs) almost because he's like a little cute boy but like anybody that he talks to like he's got their attention wow like doesn't matter how old they are like he's got their attention so so he can command attention very well um and he gets his way of like wooing people too especially yeah. girls so you'll probably never beat him because he'll be like hi <laughs> and you'll be like love you kid and you'll be with him for the rest of the time um but he's like that so there's been times like i'll give you an example two years ago before we moved school he was at the same school for the first like you know five six years of his life um in school and he had the same principal so <laughs> i drop him off one day and i'm like okay i'll see you after school you know it's like his first day back in school i'm like expecting like yeah i love you dad blah blah and like the principal's at the front greeting the kids and she's like oh my god and she like runs up and like they just walk away and i'm like love you too boy <laughs> like i was just mince meat at that point like that's how much like people you can command that much it's wow. weird um i can't do that i can't i don't have that charisma about myself like he does it's like i said it's like a little aura or something that he's got but a lot of people that i've met and that that know him are a lot of people always tell me the same thing like he's a special kid like there's something mm-hmm. about him my realtor who met him one time you know, when we were looking for houses, because it didn't take that long. I found my house real quick. But met him the first day, and we went, we spent like, you know, four or five hours looking at houses that day. And he had met Nathan that day. And at the end of the day, when we were like, okay, this is a house I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. We go back into his car because he was driving us around. But I was putting something away, and he's just like, hey, Efren, I got to tell you something. I'm like, what's up? He's like, you got a special kid. Aww. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know what it is. He's like, he's just such an intelligent kid. He's like so smart. Like talking with him, like it's so weird. But I think it's because he's always been kind of like around adults that he can mm-hmm. articulate well. Yeah. Um, but in general, the kid's just like, I don't know, he's got a charisma about. I so love it. We'll have to look up his human design. <laughs> yeah. He's completely different from me on that aspect of it. But the imprint piece of it is there. Yeah. Like I told you, the first few years when he was a toddler, you know, it raised him the way I was with my dad. You know, like acting like my dad. That's why I think he will shut down sometimes and not talk to me. Because oh. like, even though I'm like as inviting as I can be, you know, like so sometimes he won't talk to me. Right. So I think that that's left an impression on him. But luckily, little by little, there's times that he'll still talk to me, and I think that's a good thing because I think I'm earning like his trust or something. Yeah. So I can communicate with him that well, and I think that's going to be a big benefit as he give, goes into his teenage years because. He's going to have a lot of stuff going on probably that, you know, he's not going to know how to talk to people about. So, yeah, it's a continued it's a continued process with him on that piece. That's really it's it's just been interesting to talk to like a single dad because I feel like the people that I know are mostly single moms, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I don't get the single dad perspective very often. Yeah. What do you think the biggest challenge about being a single dad has been? Huh. So on a personal level, the dating portion, oh. that's the weirdest piece uh, because it, everybody always seems like it's a crazy baby mama situation going on or something. Yeah. Um, but like as far as parenting is concerned, it, it's definitely got to be the, the trying to be the mom piece. Okay. Right? So the feminine masculine yeah. energy kind of like. It's, it's difficult, especially with a male. Um, I think with if, if it was if I had a little girl, I think it'd be different because it's like daddy's little princess, you know, like <laughs> I can do that much easier than what I can with my with my son because I at the same time I'm trying to do you know be like that with him like be affectionate with him and be loving with my child and and make sure that he's got like good emotion uh emotional intelligence on that piece I still also have to be like 
dad and like prepare him for the world right like he's got to be a tough kid you know because in reality we all know that life's not easy yeah. so i always have to make sure that i have to kind of balance those two things on it's the the female piece is the most like that female energy like trying to provide that to him is the most difficult piece interesting because i think it's i think it's easier to teach somebody to be kind of like tough regardless of their gender mm-hmm. on either on either aspect whether it's a little girl or a little boy and it's a mom or a dad I think it's easier to teach how to be tough about stuff than how to be emotionally intelligent on that mm. aspect on how to understand yourself and be affectionate with that with that child. Well, especially um, with the childhood that you had, you know, it's like yeah, you weren't taught yeah. to connect to your feminine energy as a child. So all. it's like you're kind of being forced into that yeah. through parenting, yeah. which is it's, interesting. It's fun. But it's challenging, yeah. you know, and, and there's days I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing, Aww. you know, I'm just like, I get lost sometimes. And then, you know, but that when I, when I, I get to that point, it's like, okay, let me really think about what we can do to make this different. And that's how I started doing it was like recently was that piece. Like I'm, I'm listening as your friend, mm. right? Cause like I always would be like, you know, I was always like kind of that parent a few years ago. Like I'm, I'm your parent, not your friend. Yeah. You know? And that was me being the the hard nosed dad, right? And so, but so then I was both. like, yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I really should listen to him, especially now, because like, you know, like spanking your kid, all that kind of stuff. Like when they're younger, like that has some effect, like as far as what you want them to do, like act a certain way, or because they're in trouble. As they grow older, like that doesn't take any effect. Like, right. and I know that for a fact, because I got hit like when I was a teenager or something like that. I was like, whatever. Like I didn't care. It didn't. It, like physically, it might have hurt, right? But it never taught me anything. Like, it never made me change my mind of what I did. That was done by myself. Like, if I knew I didn't want that to happen, then, you know, I probably still did it anyways because I just wouldn't get caught or something. But with him, I'm not trying to be that way because I understand that it's not beneficial to him in any kind of way. Yeah. Now, as he grows older, it's more beneficial for him to understand that he can talk to somebody about it. And then as as a son and a father trying to be your friend at the same time but can work together as as a team on that piece of it yeah. um but with him it's it's been the biggest piece with him as a single dad has been trying to be like that affectionate side with him because mm. the way that things happen with him and his mom you know he lost that pretty abruptly and mm. for me to try to fill that in was very difficult mm. especially at that time because I, he had that need for it and trying to learn that on, on the fly is not easy yeah um you know so a lot of the time what we would do back then is just like go on vacation we go here we go there and i would do it just kind of to distract him more than anything else from what he was going through um but at the same time we had quality time together you know where where work wasn't bothering me or him having to go to school or anything like that like we were we would remove all that and go on vacation or something and but at that time we had time to connect Right. right. So it allowed so, him to be like seen, heard, and felt by correct, you. Yeah. Correct. Um, because, you know, like giving him a hug or something, like if he had a bad day at school, like it's it's only going to do so much for him at that time. But him understanding to be able to be like that, I was aware of how he felt and everything like that. That's how I did it. It was like, let's go on vacation. Like, let's go here. Like, okay, well, let's do a day trip. Let's go to Sedona. Let's go do it. We just did that on Sunday, for example. Aww. You know, so like. Love it. It's like, there's times that like, I'm like, you know what? I need time. Like, do you want to come with me? Like, I just want to take off for the day. And like this day was the key. Like that I told you, he had a rough week, like two weeks ago. And I think it was still kind of bugging him. Cause like that Saturday, he was just like quiet. wasn't doing nothing. Mm. I'm like, what happened? Like, are you okay? No, I'm fine. Okay. And so then on Sunday I woke up like, Hey, let's go somewhere. He's like, where? I'm like, we're just going to go to Sedona. We're going to go eat in Jerome. We'll go to Sedona. We'll come home by like four, five o'clock. Okay. So we jumped in the car and we took off. Aww. So we went to Jerome. We had some lunch up in Jerome and uh, we went the back way. So we went the scenic route through Wickenburg up that back way through Prescott. So Donna came back home. So, but he had fun. So it was like, he likes being in the car because he thinks he's cool because <laughs> dad's got the cool car. But, <laughs> you know, so, but he just enjoys being out with me in general for the most part. He doesn't like, like, let's go to the store. He's like, I don't want to go to the store. Yeah. But like if I said we're going to go like on a road trip or something, like he's all about it. He loves it. He yeah. has that quality so, time. Yeah. So that's that's why we try to do that as much as we can um, because that's it still gives me the possibility just like 
there's no like really awkward quiet time with my kid when we're in the car like we're talking about something typically that's so cool i love it so just wrapping up do you have any advice for the person that is maybe embarking on a self-discovery journey or Mm. is looking to heal some past wounds i definitely just be open i mean that's the biggest piece i mean until you're gonna make yourself in a way vulnerable to be open like that Mm is you can't really get to that threshold of where you want to be as far as happiness is concerned or anything like that. Uh, so you definitely have to be on the on the mindset of being open and that you're going to you're going to open up things that you probably don't want to open up again and but luckily that you'll have the opportunity to to figure out how to how to navigate that. So I think the biggest thing is just be open and be aware that you're going to open up some wounds that you might not want to open up or you might discover things that you might not like. <laughs> Maybe you thought that certain things were a certain way and you don't want to believe them. Like with me, it was like, you know, I didn't think I was like my dad. I didn't want to because I, I never hated my dad. I love the guy to death still up to this date. But why? Will he give me a hug when he leaves my house? No. I love you, dad. Love you too. That's it. That's it. That's the extreme of it. So when I would think about it, it was like, I don't want to be like my dad. But when I started discovering stuff that how I reacted to things with my with my own kid, for example, I was like, man, I'd be like, a... and so I didn't like it. Mm. But that also gave me the motivation to say, what can I do to be different? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is just be aware that you're going to be vulnerable to an extent, right? Um, and that you have to have an open mind to allow uh, those options of how to navigate that and fix that will go through you know your self discovery and how to heal on those pieces. So definitely open-minded and be aware that there's going to be some mind-blowing situations. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This was so fun. It was just really refreshing to chat with you. Pleasure.